BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. After some new legal developments, it seems that we're one step closer to Donald Trump being indicted for his Georgia election crimes. Here's Glenn. So friends, today we are one step closer. I don't know that I can call it one giant step, one modest step. It's a significant step. We are one step closer to seeing Donald Trump indicted for his Georgia state election crimes. Now, as we all know, The district attorney down in Fulton County, Georgia, Fawnie Willis, has been investigating the Georgia state election crimes of Donald Trump and his criminal associates, his co-conspirators. She has been investigating them thoroughly, aggressively, exhaustively. She had a special grand jury impaneled, a grand jury with the power of the subpoena. In Georgia, you need a special grand jury for that. And she presented 75 reluctant witnesses to the grand jury. And the grand jury has concluded its work, the special grand jury, and it issued a report, a report that indicates who should be indicted and for what crimes. Recently, some media organizations brought suit urging the judge, Judge McBurney, who has supervisory authority over the grand jury down in Georgia, They urged Judge McBurney to make that grand jury report public. And today, we got Judge McBurney's ruling on the request to make the grand jury report public. Let's start with the new reporting regarding Judge McBurney's decision. This from NBC News. Headline, Georgia judge rules some of grand jury report in Trump probe be made public. And that article begins... A Georgia judge on Monday ruled that portions of a Fulton County grand jury's report into possible interference in the 2020 election by former President Donald Trump and his allies be made public later this week. In an eight-page ruling, Judge Robert McBurney ruled the report's introduction, conclusion, and section eight in which jurors express concern that some witnesses may have lied under oath can be made public. Those witnesses, for ease of reference, let's call them the liars, those witnesses are not identified in the report, the judge said. Okay, friends, now let's turn to a few select portions of Judge McBurney's eight-page ruling to see what we can glean what we can tease out, or as lawyers like to say, what reasonable inferences can we draw from Judge McBurney's ruling? Because, you know, lawyers always have to make things sound more complicated than they are. Let's turn to Judge McBurney's ruling. Judge McBurney's ruling reads, in part, that 
the grand jury conducted a criminal investigation into the facts and circumstances relating directly or indirectly to possible attempts to disrupt the lawful administration of the 2020 elections in the state of Georgia and to draft and submit a report recommending whether anyone should be prosecuted for such potential crimes. Judge McBurney's ruling continues. The undersigned, that is the judge, concludes that much of the final report should not be disclosed until such time as the district attorney completes her investigation, although two parts may now be published, consistent with protecting the due process rights of all involved. We're going to put a pin in that phrase, the due process rights of all involved, and we're going to talk about what that means in a few minutes. The judge's ruling continues. Having reviewed the final report, the undersigned, the judge, concludes that the special purpose grand jury did not exceed the scope of its prescribed mission. Indeed, it provided the district attorney with exactly what she requested, a roster of who should, and then in parentheses, or should not, close parentheses, be indicted, and for what? in relation to the conduct and aftermath of the 2020 general election in Georgia. I, friends, find it interesting that Judge McBurney sort of emphasized that the grand jury listed a roster of who should, and then almost in offhanded fashion in parens, or should not, be indicted. Judge McBurney continues, fundamental fairness requires this, meaning that the report remains sealed, because it's a report that may recommend that criminal charges be sought against specific individuals. And then he follows up with something that I think clarifies what he's talking about there. He says, this is particularly true, it should remain sealed, if the grand jury's final report includes recommendations involving individuals who never appeared before the grand jury and so had no opportunity to be heard. Let's see, who was the grand jury looking at for a possible indictment that never appeared before the grand jury? Well, for one, Donald Trump. Judge McBurney continues. Three parts of the final report are ripe for publication. Those three portions include the introduction and conclusion to the final report, as well as section eight, in which the special purpose grand jury discusses its concerns that some witnesses may have lied under oath during their testimony to the grand jury. Because the grand jury does not identify those witnesses, the liars, that conclusion may be publicly disclosed at this time. Okay, friends, let's follow the justice breadcrumbs in Judge McBurney's ruling. First of all, let's state the obvious. If the grand jury report said no crimes were committed, nobody should be indicted, nothing to see here, well, I'm quite sure Judge McBurney would have ordered the immediate release of the report, but he didn't. That's an important data point. And what did Judge McBurney say about why he was not yet prepared to release the report? He said, one, D.A. Willis had to complete her investigation, and two, he had to be concerned with the due process rights of individuals 
in the future. Now friends, whose due process rights are we concerned about in the context of a criminal case? A defendant's due process rights. So that buzz phrase, due process rights, is almost synonymous with indictments are coming, there will be defendants, and we need to protect their due process rights. Now, another sign that indictments are coming is what Judge McBurney put in that one passage in parentheses. Let's circle back to that. He said, indeed, the grand jury provided the district attorney with exactly what she requested, a roster, that is a list, of who should or should not be indicted. Who should be indicted or not. He sort of as an afterthought put that in the parentheses as a possibility, but I think the, the message was pretty clear. So friends, I think some of what we can glean or tease out or reasonably infer from Judge McBurney's eight-page ruling is that indictments are coming. Virtually every part of that ruling militates in favor of the conclusion that indictments are coming. People will be charged with violating Georgia state election crimes. And then there's that passage about the liars, right? Judge McBurney said, and I will release section eight because the grand jury apparently believes there were some witnesses who were subpoenaed to the grand jury, who were placed under oath, and who then lied, presumably about Donald Trump's election crimes, perhaps the election crimes of others. And that is really pretty important, pretty consequential. Why do I say that? Well, we know some of the people who went into the grand jury who really didn't want to testify about Trump's crimes. Guys like Rudy Giuliani and Mike Flynn and Lindsey Graham who ran to court trying to convince judge after judge, Lindsey all the way up to the Supreme Court, trying to convince judges, please don't make me testify. And they lost every time. Every judge ordered them to go in and testify. Are we shocked that the grand jury has concluded that some of the folks who testified lied? Not shocking, right? Now, we don't know whether it was Rudy, Mike Flynn, Lindsay. I don't know where the smart money is riding on that. But here's the thing. When somebody lies in the grand jury, anytime I put a, a witness in the grand jury and I suspect that he or she might lie because they were loyal to the target of the investigation or they were fearful or for some other reason, maybe they were complicit, they were afraid they were gonna get in trouble, I told them up front, I promise you, I promise you, Mr. or Miss Witness, if you lie to the grand jury, your problems have just begun because I will ask the grand jury to indict you for perjury. If you lie about a material matter and I believe I can prove you were lying, I will ask the grand jury to indict you for obstructing justice, the grand jury investigation. If the evidence supports that charge, I will ask the grand jury to indict you as an accessory after the fact because your lies are designed to help the target of the investigation get away with his crimes. I may even look at you hard as a co-conspirator if you agreed to tell those lies with others to try to obstruct the investigation and to try to help the target like Donald Trump get away with his crime. So I can promise you before we walk into that grand jury that if you lie, that 
is what's in store for you. So now the grand jury, it seems, we'll see more in section eight when the judge releases it. I think on February 16th, the judge is gonna release the introduction, the conclusion in section eight about the liars in the grand jury. And we'll see what we learn. Now, Judge McBurney was careful to say it doesn't name the liars. It just talks about how the grand jury believes witnesses lied to them. But whoever they are, here's the beauty of it, friends. DA Fawny Willis now has additional leverage to go after the liars, to charge the liars, to flip the liars, to convert the liars into cooperating witnesses. She now has leverage over them that she would not have had if they hadn't lied in the grand jury. And that can turn into a real bonus to the quality and quantity of the incriminating evidence that will be available to District Attorney Fawny Willis. And that's a good thing. Because at the end of the day, Donald Trump and his criminal associates have to be held accountable for the crimes they committed in Georgia, trying to steal the election, the presidential election. Yeah, it's a good thing. Because justice matters. Coming up next, former Vice President Mike Pence has a trick up his sleeve to try and get out of testifying to a grand jury about Donald Trump and what happened on January 6th. This is Justice Matters. Hi, Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I'm here to remind you about one of the best decisions I've made recently, getting Factor Meals. Eating is so much easier for me with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor is flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up today and save. I've done the math and I can tell you Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved, nutritious, and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and start meeting your meal and nutrition goals. Head over to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off. That's code glen50 at factormeals.com slash glen50 to get 50% off. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash G-L-E-N-N-5-0 and use code GLEN50 to get 50% off today. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Former Vice President Mike Pence has been subpoenaed by special counsel Jack Smith to testify before a grand jury about Trump and the crimes that were committed around the big lie. He's now trying to get out of testifying by claiming 
He's a member of Congress. Can he do that? Here's Glenn. So friends, special counsel Jack Smith has subpoenaed former Vice President Mike Pence to testify before the grand jury investigating Donald Trump's election crimes. And now we've learned that Mike Pence will fight that grand jury subpoena. Mike Pence is determined to conceal from the grand jury the evidence, the information he has about Donald Trump's pressure campaign, trying to get him, Mike Pence, to refuse to certify Joe Biden's win. Mike Pence has decided he's not interested in sharing that incriminating evidence with the grand jury. And we know Mike Pence has incriminating evidence against Donald Trump. How do we know that? Well, he revealed it in a book. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that. But let's start with a new reporting by Politico about Mike Pence's decision to fight the grand jury subpoena. Headline, Pence to fight special counsel subpoena on Trump's 2020 election denial. And that article begins, Mike Pence is preparing to resist a grand jury subpoena for testimony about former President Donald Trump's push to overturn the 2020 election, according to two people familiar with the vice president's thinking. Pence's decision to challenge special counsel Jack Smith's request has little to do with executive privilege, the people said. Rather, Pence is set to argue that his former role as president of the Senate, therefore a member of the legislative branch, shields him from certain Justice Department demands. Pence allies say he's covered by the constitutional provisions that protects congressional officials from legal proceedings related to their work, language known as the speech or debate clause. Now, friends, if you're saying to yourself, that makes no damn sense, I'm with you. Because here's Mike Pence's argument. Mike Pence is saying, well, yes, I'm a member of the executive branch. Heck, I was vice president of the United States, but I'm also a member of the legislative branch. And because members of the legislative branch have this thing called speech and debate clause protection, I'm going to claim that too. So I can claim executive privilege in some circumstances because after all, I'm a member of the executive branch and I can claim speech and debate clause privileges because I'm also a member of the legislative branch. How does Mike Pence justify this harebrained scheme? this claim that he's a member of Congress? Well, he says, you know, once every four years, I am called in to perform the ceremonial duty of, you know, opening the envelopes on January 6th and counting the electoral college votes. Of course, we already know what the votes are and what the count and the tally will be, but that duty makes me a member of the legislative branch. Friends, there's a legal term for an argument like that. Horseshit. And no, I usually don't use language like that. But the arrogance and the faux superiority of these ruling class criminals like Donald Trump and Mike Pence, you know, 
trying to assert that they're just above the law. They're above the rules by which the rest of us commoners must live. You know, his argument that he's a member of the executive branch and the legislative branch earns that, you know, descriptive term, horseshit. Maybe he's a member of the judiciary too. You know, maybe he's a member of all three branches of government. Yes, friends, I'm exasperated and infuriated, not just because Mike Pence is making a bogus argument, an argument he will lose. He will be ordered to appear and testify before the grand jury. We'll talk about that near the end of this video. But it is so exasperating because whereas Mike Pence is saying I couldn't possibly reveal this incriminating evidence and information to the grand jury, he's already revealed it in a book for profit. Arguably, he's waived the right to claim it enjoys any kind of privilege. So what I want to do is I want to take a minute to just go through some of what Mike Pence has already revealed in his book for profit about his conversations with Donald Trump in which Donald Trump incriminates himself, indeed in which Donald Trump commits crimes because Donald Trump was urging Mike Pence to violate the law, to violate the Electoral Count Act, to obstruct Congress's official proceedings of certifying Joe Biden's election win. And when you are urging and demanding and pressuring and threatening a government official to violate the law, you're committing a crime. And Mike Pence has already revealed the crimes of Donald Trump in his book, which he has titled, So Help Me God. So friends, let's have a look at some of what Mike Pence revealed in his book about the crimes of Donald Trump. Because Mike Pence wrote at length about the conversations he had in which Donald Trump was insisting that he, Mike Pence, violate the law, violate the Electoral Count Act. Donald Trump was threatening him, urging him to obstruct the official congressional proceedings, the certification of Joe Biden's election win. And when you are urging and you are threatening and you are insisting that a government official should violate federal law, you are committing a crime. In advance of Mike Pence publishing his book, which is titled, So Help Me God, The Hill did an article and it related some of the highlights, I would call them the lowlights, of what Mike Pence wrote in that book about his incriminating conversations with Donald Trump. And I wanna tick through some of what Mike Pence revealed in his book, the same information he's trying to now conceal from the grand jury, claiming it enjoys all sorts of nonsensical privileges. Here is some of what The Hill wrote about Mike Pence's book. Headline, Pence's new book details Trump's lengthy January 6 pressure campaign. And that article reads in part, then Vice President Mike Pence was getting on the phone with then President Trump the evening of December 13, 2020, just as chatter was exploding on the internet that he, Pence, could delay or block the certification of Trump's electoral loss to Joe Biden. In his new memoir, So Help Me God, 
Pence wrote about how Trump told him during that call that he should decline to participate in Congress's certification of that vote if he, Pence, wanted to be popular. So Mike, I need you to violate the law. I need you to commit federal crimes. I need you to ignore your constitutional responsibilities because it'll make you popular. The article continues, quote, he told me I was trending number two on Twitter as people began speculating whether I was going to participate in the January 6th proceedings at all, Pence wrote. Quote, given the widening concern of so many people about election fraud, supporters around the country were arguing that I should decline to participate altogether. The president concurred, Pence wrote. Quote, if you want to be popular, don't do it, he, Trump, suggested. Pence's memoir stated, quote, he then went a step further. I might convene the session and then at some point walk out. It would be the coolest thing you could do, he, Trump, said jokingly. Otherwise, you're just another rhino. We laughed at the controversy and at his crack. Ah, just two high government officials enjoying a laugh over the prospect of killing our democracy. Pence continues, At that point, there was no angst between us, and there was no talk of rejecting electors or returning votes to the states. But the friction grew in the following days and weeks, Pence wrote in his book. On Christmas Day of 2020, Pence said he called Trump, as he had in previous years, but the conversation quickly turned to talk of the election. Quote, as we ended the call, he, Trump, said with a sigh, if we prove we won a state and Speaker Nancy Pelosi certifies anyway, I don't think we can let that happen. You'll figure it out, he, Trump, added, Pence wrote, but Pence just can't stop disclosing stuff in this book, can he? Incriminating information about Donald Trump that Pence now wants to conceal from the grand jury. The article continues, Pence spoke again with Trump on New Year's Day of 2021 when the president, quote, came on strong about why Pence had opposed a lawsuit from Representative Louis Gohmert that sought to establish the vice president had the power to reject electoral votes. After Pence explained that he did not believe the argument in the lawsuit was consistent with the Constitution, Trump told him, you're too honest, and predicted that, quote, hundreds of thousands are going to hate your guts. Think about it, friends. Donald Trump is pressuring Mike Pence, saying hundreds of thousands of people will hate your guts if you abide by the law, if you follow the Constitution, if you certify Joe Biden's election win, hundreds of thousands of Americans will hate your guts. Don't do it. The next day, Pence wrote, Trump called him in the morning and said, you have the absolute right to reject electoral votes. That was a lie. That was counseling Mike Pence to commit a crime. 
You can be a historical figure, he, Trump said, his tone growing more confrontational. But if you wimp out, you're just another somebody, Pence wrote of the conversation. In an Oval Office conversation that day, Trump told Pence he had the power to decertify, which Pence pushed back on. At that point, Pence wrote, Trump called his vice president naive and suggested Pence lacked the courage needed to reject the votes. And Trump said, quote, you'll go down as a wimp, he predicted, adding, if you do that, I made a big mistake. Five years ago, Pence wrote. So yes, friends, Mike Pence, as revealed in his book, has sharply incriminating evidence about and against Donald Trump. And he was happy to reveal it in his book for profit, but he's fighting to conceal it from the grand jury. In a very real sense, he is fighting to shield Donald Trump from being held accountable for his crimes. You know, Mike Pence has proven himself to be the smallest, most cowardly man in America. But let's finish with some sweet irony because Mike Pence decided to title his book, So Help Me God. And you know what? Those are the exact last words of the oath he will be administered after the courts reject his absurd privilege claim and compel him to testify before the grand jury. So help me God. And that is precisely what the courts will do, reject his privilege claim and compel him to testify. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.